Welcome to Talking with Tank, a podcast for dads and anyone who will listen. I'm your host, Tank. On today's episode, um, ladies and gentlemen, I am sitting here with my wife, Jennifer. Um, This is kind of an impromptu uh, episode. We are uh, sitting here in my dining room, and I'm a little nervous because she just decided that she wanted to be on the show. Don't be nervous. (laughs) Um, She's never expressed interest in my prior show, the one that was wildly successful before. Um, And uh, now all of a sudden she wants to be on this show. So I I don't know what she's got up her sleeve or um, anything, but ladies and gentlemen, this is Jennifer. Say hello. Hello. Uh, She's already jumped in. So... um, uh, so yeah, so, uh, so I'll start by saying so I she's... don't have anything on my sleeve. <laughs> um, I'm sitting here. What time is it? It is. A, it's midnight. Twelve twelve. All right. Make so a it's, wish. So it's twelve twelve, and I am threading beads onto my youngest daughter, who is seven. Her camp shirt because camp starts tomorrow, and all the cool kids have beads on their shirt. And so when Kevin asked me to preview his first episode, I said, okay, if you keep that in the background, it could possibly help me stay awake to bead because I am, you know, I've always been very starkly against his podcast endeavors just because humor aside, I hear his voice all day long and I'm not too fond of nostalgia. And the last podcast, which by the way, I hope everyone's getting the sarcasm about it being wildly successful. I hope there, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sure there, there's some dumbasses there, that, there is, that think you have. Like, oh, by the way, this is, <laughs> I told my wife, I was like, Hey, by the way, there's no cursing on my show. And she was like, no, she's like, you got to change that. Just a one episode. So this, explicit, this yeah. episode, uh, we'll just get this out of the way up front. It's going to be an, an explicit episode. Uh, cause my wife can't watch her mouth. So, but so what is the, purpose of being non-explicit if this is an older crowd just because i stepped away and listened to my other wildly please stop making that joke please (laughs) but it was okay just stop okay but anyway (laughs) i stepped i stepped away um and and tried to listen to it uh without connecting to it myself as, mm-hmm. as being you know whatever and um every other word out of my mouth was fuck this and yeah, fuck but that, that is how we talk like, i know it's how we talk but it's very abrasive I know, I yeah i mean we can hold back at work right we can hold it, it back here you know here. and um i just wanted this to be I, I wanted this to be something that our kids could listen to even though it is geared more towards adults my children are always like daddy i want to hear your show i want to hear yeah. your show and i'm like nope <laughs> We did like two episodes. Oh, like no orange beads left. We did like two episodes of the other show where um, I actually interviewed the kids, um, and so they were able to listen to that episode. And then I also did an episode where we talked about like children's TV shows and stuff like that. And um, we made it. It was actually called "This One's for the Kids." So um, if you go back and listen to that uh, particular episode, but anyway, um, yeah. So that's why I didn't. I don't want to do this show with um, with making it explicit. So this particular episode, uh, like I said, because my wife. Just so you can get a better 
I think a more authentic vibe of us talking or me talking. I really can't or don't want to restrain. Hold, hold back. Yeah. Also, again, being that it's after midnight, you know, you get a kind of you kind of get a little loopy or a little loose or whatever with your vocabulary. So yeah, and I'm typically, I mean. I'm assuming that people that are listening to this know us, at least now. <laughs> um, so my subdued tone may be a little surprising <laughs> because I'm very manic. But it is midnight and I'm motherfucking beating this fucking shirt. Um, so, yeah. So what are we going to talk about? I don't know. Um, first of all, I want to apologize to one of our listeners in particular out there, Patrick Jarkowski, um, because I know that you said that you didn't want to hear an episode with Jennifer on the show. Oh, the sarcasm is so, so, so dumb. <laughs> it's not sarcasm. It's he not, was joking. He's it's, my best friend. It's not sarcasm. He actually said that on a uh, on a Facebook uh, post. Yes. So I just you know I just want to say Patrick. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So backstory on Patrick. Patrick is my kind of sort of stepbrother. Um, my parents got divorced when I was younger than four, and my dad did not find someone else until I was about ten or eleven. And then he found Patrick's mother, and she's a motherfucking saint. Um, first of all, for dealing with his dumbass, and then also for dealing with two preteen girls that are my sister and myself. Um, they ended up separating, same issues that my parents had alcoholism, drug abuse, all that kind of great stuff. Um, by the way, by my father, Peggy's a fucking angel. Um, <laughs> And, you know, that was pretty traumatizing. I feel like I went through about three big divorces as a child, my actual parents, which I don't remember other than traumatic police memories. And then my mother had a big separation when I was about 13. And then my father and Peggy split up. So Patrick and I are somewhat close in age with he's three years older than I am. And even though they split up before cell phones were a big thing before you know there was any social media we managed to stay in touch i've always loved him very much he's extremely intelligent um funny as hell and he went on to marry his high school girlfriend sita who i also love and they have children our children's age so he is a definite bright spot in my life so love you so much and he is um yeah kind of sort of stepbrother and if you go back to um, my old episodes of the of the previous um, show that I did uh, before this particular podcast, uh, he was known as Flu Shot Patrick. Because um, <laughs> he, he's really smart. <laughs> he's well versed, you know, in in viruses and vaccinations. And it was that was before the pandemic, before we even had yeah. a clue as to what was coming. He was but then again, vaccines way back. But in then again, he, he was one of the first ones that informed us about about the pandemic coming. Yeah. So everybody, I think, associates the pandemic with March of 2020, yeah. right? That's when the two week and yeah. I'm using air quotes <laughs> shutdown began. But I have a text message from Patrick on December 31st. <laughs> 2019. Happy New Year. Yeah. 
we were probably exchanging New Year's pleasantries. And he was like, yo, bro. No, he doesn't say yo or bro, but you know, he's, he's pretty chill. He was like, yo, sis, something's up in China. There's some fucking pandemic. Bill Gates predicted it. I don't know. And I just was like, okay, you know, I didn't deeply file that away. But that was the first time ever that anyone mentioned to me anything about the pandemic. And Patrick said to me, even then, this is going to be bad. And when you hear something like that, you know, you tend to think the person's exaggerating, the person's a sensationalist, you know, yeah, I'm sure. Just like every hurricane is going to be bad. Conspiracy theorist. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. And looking back, you know, it's all the more reason why I respect him so much is that he's so well read. He checks his sources. You know, he's fascinated by, um, you know, public health. He has a master's degree in public health. He, I know he specifically studied antibiotic resistance, which he turned me on to a couple of articles he wrote about that. So yeah, he- He was dead on about this. He, he's, he was dead on about everything. I mean, he was like, here's the steps that this is going to happen. Yeah. And here's, here's what's going to happen. And here's how our government is going to respond to it. And here's what's going to happen. And it was dead on. And I don't know, sorry to interrupt you. Also, I mean, I'm again, assuming most people that are listening to this know us, but I found in my adulthood that it is a very New Jersey thing to interrupt people. And it's not it's not regarded highly. <laughs> um, and it's definitely a habit that is hard to unlearn. And so when I've met people that are not from New Jersey, or even just generally fucking polite people, uh-huh. even if they yes. are from New Jersey, yes. I, I find myself using interruption to be relatable. For example, I'll be like, Oh, my goodness, me too. And I saw and it's like, my typical New Jersey peeps respond very well to that we interrupt each other fluidly. But I've also noticed that when I, again, reach that non-New Jersey or polite crowd, they don't interrupt me back. And I'm like, oh, this is fucked. <laughs> so sorry if anyone's offended by how much I interrupt Kevin. Also, he's my husband. So. <laughs> yeah, so she doesn't give a shit. So yeah. Um, and it's funny because on, on podcasts where there is more than one host, the, a lot of times they tend to interrupt each other because they're, they're trying to get you know, conversing they're right, trying yeah. to get in on the, on the conversation trying to figure out you know what they're going to say or whatever and they they step on each other a, a lot and you find that in the very beginnings of the of you know when they start out they're on top of each other all the time and then they start to like give each other room and to let to let it breathe and it becomes a better podcast that way um but I'm sure that's not going to be the case tonight. I'm sure it's going to be a shit show. Yeah, I don't even know what we're going to I mean, I don't even know if anyone will ever hear this, and I don't care. I, this is very entertaining right now. And it's, yeah, I, I love, you know, when you did your podcast, your first podcast. My wildly successful podcast. I'm not going to stay on the show if you continue to tell that joke. It's so fucking corny. So when you did that, I thought it was very therapeutic for you and for John. Um because relationships are really hard to maintain at our age. Yeah. And so I thought that was great that you guys were doing that together. I think this is, you know, also good. I think it's going to serve a purpose to give you an outlet because you are primarily a dad with very, very little autonomy. Yes. And 
honestly, even if this serves as like a diary for you and not one person's listening, I think it's good. <laughs> no, honestly, I'm, I, I do. I think it's good. Um, I feel like Carrie from uh, such just a sex in the city. <laughs> okay. So again, why do you know sex in the city? And side oh, note for how anyone do I, how do you not who know? doesn't know us, I don't watch TV. I don't watch movies. And so I chose the perfect husband who knows every TV show ever and watches every movie ever. I watch However, TV so she doesn't sorry. have to. I said I watch TV so she doesn't have to. Yeah, I do not like TV. Um, but one benefit that we're finding now is he now has movie partners. Our kids love the movies. So mm -hmm. he goes to the movies with our three kids. And sometimes um, our four kids, if his stepdaughter, if my stepdaughter, Sarah, is in town. And I get three hours alone because those fucking Marvel <laughs> movies are long. Yeah. And so it costs us a hundred bucks a pop. But listen, it's for, worth three it for hours, you. three or four hours alone, get the popcorn. Get it. All right. So uh, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? You, so this is your idea. So this is one thing that I want to say. You're hijacking the show. One thing that I want to say in regards to your first episode that I just listened to is, you know, you want to be a positive force and you want to, you know, you want to connect with other 40 somethings and stuff. And I think that's great. Um, but. No, there's no but. Oh. <laughs> I guess there is a but. And also I do say I'm a lot and I say like a lot. So fuck you if you don't like it. But I think, and maybe it's just me in like a massive depression and anxiety, but I think that it will be good to acknowledge for all of our 40 somethings that life is really motherfucking hard, horrible and unbearable most of the time. Now I'm extremely positive on social media, but I say this again, that's a highlight reel, right? Mm -hmm. You're seeing my highlights. I'm not telling you all the hard times. Um, and I mean, sometimes I'm telling you some of the struggles, but I just want everyone out there to feel seen and to say, I don't want anyone to get the false impression that like we have it figured out or that like we're who, who me and you. Yeah. Oh, like, fuck no, you know what I mean? Fuck like, no, we I don't just, have it figured out. I think that our, our best service we can provide people is to say, Hey, we are so fucked up and you probably are too. Yeah. And it's, it's just, you know, the human experience is excruciating. It is an excruciating experience. And I absolutely love, love being a mother. It is the greatest gift ever. My kids bring me joy every single day. And I'm not going to, you know, but. I'm not going to, yeah, but even with the joy of being a mother, I want people to know that life is excruciating and you are absolutely not alone in thinking that this is one big fuck show after the next. Well, that's one big reason that I wanted to do this show because like I said, I, I'm a lot of the a lot of the shows, you know, might might have a more serious tone. Like my, my last podcast was very much comedic and, and comedy and and stuff like that. But um, this this particular show is going to be, you know, um, kind of more of a serious tone and taking take not not taking things uh, as lightly as as. I did with the other show. Um, but I want everybody to know that you're not alone. You're not, you know, we, there are people out there that are going through the same exact things that, that you're going through. 
and it's not going to solve your problem, but it might make it better. It might make it f at least feel a little bit better that, okay, I'm not the only one that's going through this or, or, you know, or may, it may be where I, I might say something like, oh, the, you know, what I do to get through this is blah. And I give an example of, you know, how I get through a day and it might help you. You It might trigger something in you. All right, let me try that. And it might work for you. It might not work for you or whatever, but at least it's, at least it's something and it might help out. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do with this, with this show. I want everybody to know that they're not alone, you know, and life, like Jennifer said, it's hard. Life is extremely hard. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that we're going to be talking about on, on the show. So. So you want to like, maybe bring up something hard that's happened to us and talk about it. Or you want to like, I mean, something recent that, like, I don't know, whatever you, wherever you want to go with this, I don't know. I'm almost uh, done beating. So. <laughs> <laughs> this will be a short episode. Yeah. It? Um, you want to talk about something that we feel like, I feel like a lot of times life feels unfair. And I think that, I look at my friends and not my close friends because I know how fucked they are, but I look at like my other town friends and I'm like, they have it all together. Mm -hmm. You know, like they have a huge savings account and they have a happy marriage and they never argue and, you know, their kids don't have this and that. And I think that, again, talking about the reality of what life is for all of us, there's no, you know, magic bullet cure but it'd be like oh everybody's going through this <laughs> you know not just us a lot of times my um i've been i've been working as a teacher for this is what my 12th year doing this i think 10 because julie was just born right yeah i think you might be going into year 11 because you started in uh your first day was, was september 2012. yeah right um but anyway um this so i've been doing this for a long time but i still go into pretty much every day feeling like it's my first week on the job and i get up every day and i say i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> the kids are gonna figure out that they're smarter than me and <laughs> so, you know and i, I mean, feel we all have that right imposter I, well, syndrome that's what, that's what yeah. i'm saying i feel like an imposter i feel like i'm you know i'm, I feel the same I'm not way. I'm not qualified for this job. I don't know how the hell I got this job. I don't know, you know, who who entrusted me with the education of our future. And like when something good happens, it's like, oh, that was luck. But if something bad happens, you're like, I knew I was a fucking uh, yep, idiot. I knew, like, yep. Yeah, that's, I think so, a lot of us go through that. So, you know, like you, they keep telling me I'm a great math teacher and I'm like, am I? Am I just tricking everybody? <laughs> like, um, So, you know, I, I feel, you know, I feel this every day and everybody feels that way, you know, like, I look at people. Well, there's that some I, narcissists that think they're great. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, there are people. That, a lot that, of us that, feel you, this way. You know, but there are a lot. There are a lot of people that 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 don't. And you know, I look at them and I go, "Oh my God, they're they're like the best teacher, and and they're like, you know, they know exactly what they're doing, and they get the most out of their kids." And da, 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 da. and when I talk to them, they're like, "I don't know what <laughs> you know. I don't know what's going on." You know, like like Jennifer was saying. A lot of people might look at us on social media. They might look at our family on Facebook and, we're and so whatever. Well, we are adorable, um, but they they look at us and they look at our kids and they look at you know 
they look at how honestly how great our kids look and and achieve the, the, and the things that they they're do and, and they're and, athletic you know and, and stuff like that and they and they go oh my god I, you got to tell me how you how you do it and i always tell them i, I don't know <laughs> i don't well, know you actually don't know because i i pretty much whatever you know you don't know how do we do it we just do it and you know there, there's no you know, there's no like magic formula on, you know, how we're going to get this done and, and whatever. It's just like pushing forward and, and, and getting through the day, or at least that's how I feel. Like I, 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 every day I feel like I'm getting through this day. I'm pushing through this day. Yeah. Jen, Jennifer says that it's like being in the trenches, like being, she's like, Oh, well, you know, our kids are, are this particular age. Our kids right oh, now are all are 10, and, our kids are 10 and under. And even when they were younger, that it was it was much harder than than it is now. Yeah. Um. And it's very hard now. Yeah. Um. But she was like, "We're in the trenches," and she's like, "Just you know, in a few years, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be easier." And and I you mean, know. I don't think it's gonna be easier. Well, I think that bigger kids, bigger problems. Yeah, but you know, we're already starting to see that with our daughter. Yeah. Um. Things like social isolation, Mean Girls, stuff that absolutely tears me up you know i think physically it was really difficult we have three kids that are three years top to bottom meaning our they're, first child and our third child are 36 months apart yeah they're all eight, they're all eight, eight from start to finish they're 18 months apart and so that itself was a very emotionally and physically traumatic transition um but now it's different and I think what most of my veteran mom friends are saying, I fully subscribe to that. It's never going to be easy to parent children because I mean, the love that I have for these kids is so intense that I just pray every day that every issue they have were my own. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I was capable of being this selfless. Like, you know, Allison's hair loss and Julie's anxiety and Kevin's speech impediment. Every single thing that these kids go through, I just pray, just give it to me. Mm -hmm. I, I will be bald with anxiety and have a, like, and so I don't think it's ever going to be easy to parent them, but I do think that we are in a stage that's easier. Well, that's what I'm saying. Know? Like, I'm talking about like, there's, there's a lot of times we, you know, we've gone to, you know, Christmases and we've gone to birthday parties and we've gone to you know social events and, and thing like things like that and back in the day it was we had to be on top of the kids because oh they're gonna climb and, and they're gonna do this and, we were and they're physically gonna do had something. to hold them yeah. for a while yeah and like they couldn't get to the car you know? <laughs> yeah we had like, to I take put them in a car seat like they, like they strap them in and, to the car now yes you know like there was a time where they couldn't walk mm -hmm. and so. I had one in a car seat, you know, like a bucket seat, breaking my arm. And then I, yeah, it was, that was really intense. I gained a lot of weight during that time period. I mean, it was really intense. And now when we go to social events, we just set them free and yeah. they, and they go run, run around and, and do whatever they're going to do. Now they, you know, find their way back to us for, you know, this one hit me or this one said this, or I'm hungry or I want cake or whatever it is. And you know, we have to deal with that, but it's a lot easier yeah. than those first few years where it was just like, oh my God. I mean, like, I remember at like one of Michael's kids, I want to say it was maybe their baptism. 
because like Joey, it might have been, I don't know, no, no, but it might have been, I don't know, but Julie was a baby. Mm-hmm. And I brought her to this restaurant and she just smeared the spaghetti all over the white linens. I mean, I was mortified. Like, I still remember that. I was mortified. And I think Michael, somebody said something shitty to me. And I was like, I know. I fucking suck. I fucking know. Um, But I'm very aware, I think what you were alluding to earlier, is I'm very aware that this is a blink. Mm -hmm. And I know that like our kids are very athletic. They, let's say they play on three teams each. So we're like those parents that if you're not a sports parent, you're judging us very hard. Mm. Like, oh, those crazy people. How do they do that? Like your sister. Like a lot of people, <laughs> you know, and I get it. Um, but I'm very aware that this is, I am going to intensely miss this one day. And I, I see it in my older niece. I see it in Sarah. We're not going to be the center of their world for long. Oh, I know. And so even though it's hard right now, having a 10-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 7-year-old, you know, with a myriad of issues, school issues, all that, before you know it, we're going to be sitting here. The house is going to be spotless. There's going to be no noise in here. And we're going to miss it. So that definitely helps me when people say, how do you do it? I'm very aware of how short this is. Yeah. So I welcome it. Um, yeah, um, you said that to me for a lot. You've, you've said that to me since the very beginning. When, uh, yeah, you know, I'm every really time aware. I complain about something, like, I don't know, like the fact that all three of them end up in our bed every night and the best, <laughs> the best, the best. And, but meanwhile, I have to leave the bed and go and sleep in one of their beds because also the best. <laughs> so they don't all three that just so that was an exaggeration. Our uh, son almost never comes. No, uh, almost never. But I mean, every now and then. Okay, so so it's the two girls, but the, but the thing is, my my I was basically just making a uh, and giving an example, but that is that is something that in the very beginning I was like, oh my god, we you know I'm like Jen, we can't let the kids come into our bed. I was like, they're gonna be they're gonna be doing this like until they're you know in high school and. You know, it, 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 it's it's not normal that, you know, they're not going to stay in our beds and then, you know, and they're not going to be able to sleep on their own and it's they're going to be the weird kids. And, and she would and she would tell me she was like, you're going to it's going to be gone. They're not going to want to come into our beds. They're going to they're not going to, you know, it's going to be over before you know it. And every once in a while. You know, with all different aspects of parenting. You know, I sit there and I catch myself bitching and complaining about about something, and I stop myself and I'm like, I'm like, you're gonna miss it when you're gone, when it's gone, and you you know it's gonna it's gonna be over before you know it, and you know I start to like lose my shit and and try to hold it together because, you know, I don't want to you know start bawling, but like it you know there's gonna be a lot of things that that I'm gonna that I'm gonna miss, and and I see it already. I see little things here and there that, you know, yeah, little previews. you know, like, Ju- like Juliana, you know, she's, she's still a cuddler and she still gets on my lap and stuff like that, but not as much as she used to. And, you know, and the rest of the kids too, like, you know, 
like we used to we used to read to our kids every night you know put it, putting them to bed part of the bedtime routine was was reading to juliana and you know we read llama llama red pajama and you know uh the good, good night moon and all that kind of stuff brown bear and now we don't do that you know we now julie reads three novels and a she night. reads <laughs> yeah they read they read to themselves they read to each other you know and and it's beautiful that they that they've now gotten to the age where where you know they they're literate and they can read and they, they and they actually read very well all of them and it's just you know it's just that now they don't need us to read to them yeah and it's like i'm very emotional um very i mean i for those of you who don't know i have like raging adhd and so one of the things that i have as i guess you know an adhd symptom is i have i'm very very empathetic um i think i feel my emotions very heightened and I'm very perceptive. I think that kind of stems from my childhood too. I had a very chaotic childhood and I was forced to sit back and take in tons of data about the people around me to try and predict their behavior. I grew up around a ton of drug abuse and alcoholism. And I think that that serves me very well, but it also makes me extremely, um, have extremely heightened emotions. And so I think that's one of the reasons why I don't get lost in the frustration of this is horrible because I feel, I can already feel the pain of losing that stage. You know, like we will only be parents to quote unquote 10 and under, you know, and in five years, our kids are gonna be 15, 12, you know, and we'll be teenage. And then it's like, you know, so yeah, I think that's why I'm, I mean, I love when the kids come in our bed and I've done a lot wrong. I am sure I am causing our kids thousands of dollars in future therapy, oh, Definitely, whatever yeah. I'm doing, you've, but you've done a ton wrong. One thing I know that I've done right at some point is our kids are extremely loving and extremely affectionate. Oh yeah. And so because of that, I mean, I know that they're not as cuddly with you, but I never not have a kid on my lap in this house. Oh yeah. Like I, if I sit down on a surface, there's a kid on my lap and I love it. I absolutely love it. And I hope they do that until they're 30. You know, I love it. Our kids are very, very affectionate. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, and, and, you know, they get that from, they get that from both of us, you know, they, they, they get that, that love and, and, you know, um, they, they get that. I mean, we're both super physically affectionate. Yes. Like that, very that, cuddly. Like That's not the word I was, affection. Yeah. You know, they, they get that love. They get that affection. Yeah. You're you know, not like a, you know, that, what do you call it? Like, what do you call it? Like a toxic masculinity. Like, I'm not going to hug. No, like no. That. No. And, you know, I, you know, I love my parents and, and you know, they, they were very, you know, good to me growing up and, and stuff like that. But something that I didn't get a lot was you know, being, being told, I love you, you know, over and over again and, 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 you know, being hugged on a regular basis and stuff like that, you know, it was, it was few and far between. And again, it's not like they, 
it's not like they neglected me or anything like that. It was just that that's not how they were and that's not how they were I mean, raised. Yeah. And my mom is like that too. Yeah. Like my dad is a complete mushball. <laughs> yes. Cuddler lover. You know, like he would, uh, he, he fully convinced me by the time I was seven that I was the most important person in the whole world to him and extremely physically affectionate. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think I get a lot of good traits from him. Um, for, but like my mother is like fucking the ice queen. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, for, see, my, my parents, you know, it, it was like, like, understood like well you know it you know i love you you know you, you know that you know you yeah, know I mean, also you're a boy you and like and you know like it was the 70s and 80s and you know even once with kevin i remember your dad saying to me you know Ke this i mean kevin's only nine this had to be three years ago six-year-old boy and he was like you know I, I sometimes i think it's weird that like kevin still wants to jump up on my lap and i was like that's so sad, sad. <laughs> And, and I was like, you know, your, your grandpa, he should be and, and like, honestly, your, your dad had a complete about face about it. He was like, you know, you're right. Like your dad has always been fine cuddling with the girls, you know, but I guess he, you know, being born back in the day, boys were not supposed to cry. Oh, so you're, boys... you're saying you're, you're saying because he was a boy, oh, I thought, it was, boy. I thought yeah. it was because he was six. <laughs> no, 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 no. Your dad is super affectionate with the girls. Yeah. You know? Like the girls will hop on his lap and all that. Yeah. Um, and he was always very like that, even when you know before we had kids when we just had Sarah. Yeah. But I remember being very surprised when he said that about Kevin. I mean, I mean, who loves the kids more than your parents, <laughs> right? Nobody. Yeah. Um, like your, I mean, your parents would they die fucking for them. die? They would literally die, they for, die these for kids. Them. They would absolutely die for these kids. And I remember being like, it didn't even dawn on me that that generational, you know, toughen up. Mm -hmm. you know, would be a part of, you know, your dad's life. And when I told him like, oh no, like you're not going to discourage Kevin, you know, from sitting on your lap or whatever, he had a complete about face. And you know, I've had to correct him and you a couple of times about like saying things like man up and don't cry. And I'm like, well, that's why you guys are so fucked up because you've never, you've never fucking <laughs> cried, you know? But I think that, I cry all the you time. know, your parents have their, you know, preconceived notions, but every time I've kind of pushed them a little bit, they have listened and adapted. And now, I mean, your dad, Kevin hops up on his leg. Your dad, yeah, Kevin, oh best friends. Yeah, and your dad, I bet your dad doesn't even remember this. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm sure he does. You know, I mean, it's his first grandson, you know. You know, um, my mother had a, had a saying that, that, you're not supposed to cry in her house. Like, don't. You, oh my God, you that's fucked. You don't cry in my house. That's fucked. You know, and not so much. That's fucked. Not so much like me, but not like anybody. But yeah, yeah, it was like, like I remember, like I remember, like I remember, like members, members of my family, um, like getting getting hurt or getting upset over what you would consider like stupid shit they would like get get they would get upset about it and you know they would be like but he said and this happened and they would start to cry and my mother would be like no tears not in my house <laughs> and and yeah it's fucked <laughs> it's fucked to think that and now and I mean, now everybody cries in my Jeanette, house <laughs> if i had to guess why Jeanette is the biggest 
fucking lunch ball ever. <laughs> and I'm wondering if she didn't realize at the time that she probably just didn't want to see sad kids, you know, like, yeah, because she's so emotional. She'll lose it. Um, your mother is so tough on the outside, but like, yeah. Oh my God. Biggest mush ball ever. I could say, I could pick three words from the English language that I know will instantly make her start crying. <laughs> yeah. So I'm done beating. I'm just fringing up the sleeves now. How long have we been talking? It has been 36 minutes. All right. So that's, I mean, that's pretty offensive to have people listen to us. <laughs> but I guess I'm going to end it now or just like say goodbye. Like, you know, I hope that this podcast serves you. I hope that it's like, again, like your diary. And I hope you get some feedback from your friends that listen. And I hope that people hear me when I say, you know, whatever you're going through. I mean, some people are going through real bad stuff, you know, like illness, God forbid, cancer. And some people are going through stuff that we may not. But yes, somebody has it. Somebody always has it worse. But that doesn't mean that yours is any better for you. And I hope that people say, oh, my God, Jennifer and Kevin. Like, I hope that in hearing us talk like this, people are like, wow, you know, I am absolutely just a standard citizen and a sta every standard citizen is barely making it through the human experience. Yeah. And that's kind of what I wanted to say after I heard your first episode. All right. Well, I hope that um, it's not just my friends that are listening. I hope there are other people out there that don't ha have a clue who I am and, and still find this somehow entertaining um, because I don't have that many friends. So I, I, I want a larger audience. <laughs> but um, once again, I want to say thank you guys for tuning in today. Uh, as always, I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you have to say. You can join the conversation through email. You can email me at talkingwithtankpod at gmail.com. And you can find me on social media by following us on Instagram at talkingwithtank. The tank phone number is 201-549-2210. Give me a call and let me know what you thought about today's episode. And let me know what you'd like to hear me talk about in um, upcoming episodes. Uh, let me know what interests you. Let me know what you want to talk about. Um, stay positive, and thank you for talking All with right. Tank. Peace out, guys. You stepped on my, I stepped on my line. Okay. I say stay positive, and thank you for talking with Tank. And you just stepped stepped all over okay. it. What kind of shit is that? Okay. All right. Have fun. Have fun.